Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Kashif Booth podcast. If you're new here, each week I sit down with a guest and we discuss their career so far, the highs, the lows, and what's next for them. Today's guest is Monique. I've actually been following Monique's career for a very long time. She doesn't actually know this. See, I had seen your web series Housemates, which was on yeah. Brothers in the Game. So I was like, yeah. okay. And I had worked with Princess who's in that years ago prior and then I worked with Annie who's in that and in your other film Cashpoint yeah. a few years ago in my web series Nate and Jamie so I've always known about you oh cool. <laughs> good to like connect <laughs> properly now because I've known of you for a while but welcome to the show thanks for coming on that's all right it's such a small world as well because when I saw um your latest web series I saw Princess I was like oh my gosh it's like and, and the fact that we all somehow know each other through one other person or two other people. So the world's small. Exactly. I feel like it's <laughs> so small, especially when you live in London and you're black and then you work in film and TV. But everyone knows everyone. Yeah. <laughs> it's just... Even if you've never met them, mm-hmm. you know of them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's, it's just like it's no longer a small world. Like you yeah. somebody on social media and you're like, oh, they know that person. It's just like, it's just kind of like a domino effect. Yeah. <laughs> like that. Yeah. So yeah, so like, tell us more about you. Like, how did you get started in film and TV? Um, so years ago, I worked. So like, when I left uni, I remember getting. There was no like Twitter. There was no real social media when I left uni. I mean, I think fa- no Facebook wasn't even a thing yet. Like, I'm going to show my age now. There was like, what was it something called High Five? Like oh, way back yeah. and like MySpace yeah. kind of days, right? So there's no social media and I was trying to work in TV at the time. So there wasn't this kind of like go on Twitter and find a job type thing. Yeah, so I had to join forums. So I had like a lot of, I found, I don't remember how, but I found like TV forums and someone put a call out for runners for Big Brother. So now you're, this is like 2006 maybe-ish kind of time. Um, so I was a runner on Big Brother. Um, I think I did it like maybe for three years or and they used to have people do the Friday night live night and that was my only day and you worked from like 7 a.m you went up to L Street because that's where the big studio was um 7 a.m would leave at like 2 a.m like long days and that's kind of how I got an understanding of how TV works back then it was mainly um like reality a lot of reality TV shows so TV work you were getting back then was your um, big brothers, your come down with me's, not come down, yeah, not so not come down, strictly come dancing is what I'm thinking about. Those types of shows. So that was kind of like my entry, and then I met people, and then I worked in TV for for a period of time, but I wasn't enjoying the reality TV, and it was I couldn't, I wanted to move over to more fiction or like factual TV, and it was hard because my experience was predominantly reality, and then I just I kind of dropped off and just redirected my career a little bit. So I dropped off TV and film for a few years and I ended up doing the same same work, but like for advertising agencies and digital stuff and then revisited it back when Housemates kicked off. So I was like, well, I want to make something. I've always wanted to make something. Let me just try. So that's what Housemates was. Um, a bit of a test <laughs> to see whether I could do it. And people liked it, which I, I made it for me, but people actually liked it. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of like, I've kind of shrunk the story. Like there's obviously lots of other details, but in, in essence, that's kind of how everything kicked off really. 
That's really good. And that's similar to my journey as well. Like I think talking to a lot of black creators for, for this first season, a lot of us have had the exact same experience where we've worked in film and TV and then we just kind of had enough of it or we yeah. just wanted to do yeah. something different or actually fulfill our purpose and our drive and yeah. passion doing it ourselves. Because yeah. like when you get into film and TV, there's, they tell you this is the one way you're doing it. There's no other option. And it's like, no, there really isn't. Because a lot of the time when you see directors who come into production companies, they've been brought on because of the body of work they've done outside of working up. You know, I've not met any director who's worked from like a floor runner to work all the way up to produce yeah. directing yeah. content. I've never seen that. Yeah. So yeah, so I think that's a really good journey and stuff like that. So what made you kind of come up with Housemates? What was the inspiration behind that web series? So it would have been like this about 2013. Wow, 2013. That feels so long ago. Oh my gosh. 2013 is when I kicked it off. It was because I lived at uni, I lived in a house with five girls. And it was one of the best years of my kind of life. I think of my parts of my years that I really enjoyed it was one that that year was a great year it was like you weren't living at home you got to live with your friends my uni was down the road it was like I was in this bubble but in the bubble there was just so many dramas that kind of existed in that space because yes you're all friends there's one thing being friends with people and then living with people is a very different thing so it was just inspired about the characters were developed off the back of real people I, I exaggerated them well, for the purpose of entertainment <laughs> um, but it was inspired by this experience of living at uni and what does that look like um, on a scenario basis I was inspired a little bit by sitcom style like old sitcom where something would be you know the the, the the running story like if I think of girlfriends for example girlfriend the running story is the relationship amongst these women however each episode focuses on a scenario for that episode explores it but adds to the bigger story that was kind of the inspiration behind that um but I didn't have I didn't even know like where to find money from so I just kind of made it myself I I wrote them, I produced them. On one of the episodes that I had to do the sound because our sound guy felt like, you know, dropped out last minute. So that was one of the most stressful projects I'd ever worked on because I had to do everything. And I said, I vowed after that. I was like, you know what? I'm not doing that again. Because doing everything just means the project is okay. Rather than if I focus on the bit that I can do and bring someone on, then we can make something amazing. I agree I agree because I did that as well for my series Nate and Jamie and Imperfect I did everything you know I was the writer producer director production manager and it's stressful you can't wear multiple hats and think that you're going to get a high-end production at the end of the day it's just not going to happen you need I mean shout out to the people who are multi-hyphenate and they can do everything but that's not me (laughs) I'd rather hire people or get people who can who are really talented as a DP director and bring them on and actually do that because that will bring up the best of your projects I totally understand that and I want to ask you as also because I've seen Cashpoint and I found that hilarious especially the twist at the end (laughs) I was (laughs) laughing what was your inspiration behind that I would give the listeners like behind the scenes I don't want to give away the plot but what was the inspiration yeah so um, I remember meeting an old work friend for, for drinks one day and we were just talking about um, dates 
and like the wildest dates that we've ever been we've ever, had ever been on or like stories we heard and one of the stories she shared with me was a guy who pretended to go to a cash point just to get out of not paying so this idea of like yeah so I kind of built a story around that um so it's not based on my own personal experience in that sense but I guess the only bit of me and I think my main female characters there's always one female character that has a part of me in them so Annie's character isn't me, but there's essences of me and how I am and in, in, in her in her character. Um, but yeah, it was inspired by like date stories. And I just thought it because the show the film at one point was called Dates because I was like, oh, I could do different scenarios, different date scenarios. But I didn't in the end because I was like, no, let me just do one solid project. Um, with the budget that I had and then that was that was cash point but that was also a project where again I just made it because I was like I dropped off the I hadn't made anything since cash point I'm sorry since housemates at that point I'd fallen off I wasn't inspired I wasn't feeling feeling it and then I just went you know what just make something I pulled together who I could and made this project not actually thinking it was going to do much but actually again like you know I put it through festivals and it got got screened at a few and people kind of let me know that oh my gosh they really enjoyed it I'm like oh that's great because I make stuff for me so I like it so <laughs> I'm like oh I like it I don't know if anyone else will but people did so that was yeah that was the inspiration behind the project no it's really good honestly like the twist at the end I was not thinking that at all I just love <laughs> how Annie's character is on the phone talking to her sister and then she's oh. like she is like caught by something what catches her eye and you're like you're not sure what this is and yeah. then the flashback of the day and how well it went and then it was just great the build-up of it was really well done to me and it's the way how I wasn't expecting that twist at the end I was just not because <laughs> I see the film the the title cash point but it just didn't click and that's what I like yeah. it's not until the end where it clicks and be like wait a minute this guy literally pretended to take money <laughs> Brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. And that's why he was ghosting her because he that's wasn't was in the day exactly. and he just wanted to, I mean, exactly. and it's funny, it reminds me of like, you know, like Aloni on Twitter and she does her threads of when people yeah. DM her. It reminded me of that, of how yeah. some of these guys are just, <laughs> that's why. So it's just brilliant. It's so funny. Thank you. And it's, it's interesting actually because what did you think? So when you was watching it, what did you think was happening? I'm always curious. Like, what did you think was going on? I, I genuinely just thought that, you know, it was, oh, you know, he just was being a gentleman and he couldn't find cash point. And, I've, and I was thinking to myself, I've been there. I've been like, you know, I'll pay, I'll go out and buy money, um, take money out. And you've gone for like 10 minutes trying to find the cash point. And so yeah, I genuinely yeah. thought, oh, you know, this is a, like he's being genuine, like this, there's no hidden agenda. So I was really shocked at the end. It made me laugh because it's just like, he probably was just like by the wall, happening, nothing. <laughs> brilliant brilliant so I mean it's funny as well because people will go to extreme lengths to not be honest about something yeah. you know they could have just split it if he wasn't feeling the the date and just go about it. but no he has to play these games that's yeah. good and it's good you want to see more content like that as well because I get what you meant about the kind of sitcom format you would have seen that maybe in like a sitcom scenario but it's good seeing yeah. that in a short film you know it gets yeah. to the point straight away I just love, I think, 
I really enjoyed the period of time. I enjoy sitcoms. I do. I like 30 minute shows that count. I can watch it and it, I can move on to the next one, even though the characters are the same, it's a different scenario. So there was that, that, that period where I know we're going way back, but, and like the Moishas and the girlfriends, like I did, I like that format. So I'm a very scenario based person. I'm like, oh, what would happen? Imagine if this happened and I think of a scenario and then I build out the scenario and then I think who would be in that and then the characters. So yeah, so I think not intentionally, but that was probably built, Cashbrook was probably built off the, the fact that I like sitcoms. And it's yeah. like, I could see that in an episode of something. Mm-hmm. Definitely, I get that. I really, because that's why when they went on Netflix, like Marisha and, and Girlfriends, and that, it was great watching them again. Yeah. Mom, as well, you know, a lot of these Generation Z, they're too woke. So they were yeah. <laughs> So they're overly critical. They've heard about these shows for years and then they get to watch it and then they're very overly critical, not understanding that that was a different time. So a different yeah. time and also mm-hmm. like, I think they won't feel it the same because it's not just about for me watching Marisha, right? I remember where I was. I remember how old I was. I remember thinking, oh, when I grow up, I want to feel, I want to be like that. I want to drive that car. I want to, you're young and you're like, so for, for us, when we watch it, we've seen all of these episodes. These aren't fresh, con- this isn't fresh content for us. It's just 10 years plus, 15 years plus, we haven't seen them. And like, there's an episode of like Marisha, I watched, I re- like literally flashback sitting on the floor of my mum's house back in the day when before the TVs were flat when the TVs used to have the bump behind it and I'll sit with the remote control and I Nickelodeon, no, was it not Nickelodeon? Nick TV or, no, Trouble. Yes. Come on, Trouble. Like, that is the experience for us. So I get why, not get, but I, the, 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 the generation after us won't get it the same. They didn't have, they don't have no nostalgia mm-hmm. behind their shows. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Leading on from that, like what inspired you to become a writer-director? Um, so I, it's weird because for ages I didn't even call myself a writer director for ages. I kind of adopted, I've I've accepted that that's what it is, but I just like storytelling. And I was having this conversation yesterday going, I just like people stories as simple as that. I like telling stories about people, um, and their experiences and how we interact as human beings. That's, that's just something that I'm interested in. So from young, and I was literally just talking about this yesterday, I was rummaging through um, some old, my mum's kept all my old school books over Christmas. I was going through all this stuff. And I was like, oh my gosh, I used to write stories uh, on my pieces of paper and then fold the paper in half and staple it. So it would be like the binder of my little book. So I enjoy like Pete telling stories. And so with that, it's not, then I was like, well, it's not, I'm not a novelist. So I don't just enjoy writing the story I, I see the story in my mind so I think this this fact that I like to the stories I can visualize the story I just thought film makes sense this is what years ago film and tv makes sense to me um so there was no I woke up and go I'm gonna be a director or it wasn't like some people tell that story of when they were a kid and they watched a certain film they wanted to be like I don't know David Fincher or they wanted to be like uh, prone directors that I've just got top of Scorsese for they like I didn't have that I just knew I wanted to tell stories I didn't really know how to do that and then after the fact I learned about all these films and all of these people and the directors that were you know are deemed like the best directors in the world 
and as I'm learning and reading their stories I'm like oh that's what I like here because that's how I feel as well because sometimes I've done interviews and they're always asking me um so what inspired you to get into this or who do you look up to or blah and it's like I struggle so hard with those um answers because I just enjoy telling stories that's that's just it like exactly what you said like I will come up with an idea and I'm very visual with it and so I can see how I um this will be shot or the scenario or the kind of locations I want it to be and that's how my mind goes I just want to tell stories and it's no I didn't watch something and said you know what yeah I want to do that one day it's just yeah I just want to tell stories and as simple as that not everybody is because some people draw on from inspiration from other people and not everyone's like that some people are just want to tell a story and that's it that's really good to hear the one thing though I would say is that now that I have gone on this journey I do like if I was going to be planning my career at back then which I'm glad I didn't didn't because I wouldn't have got to where I got to but in hindsight if this if this film world was clearer to me because I I grew up no one in my immediate family did this I had to figure out how to connect and how to how to do it all I love cinematography I adore it I like I love it I watch film sometimes without even paying attention to the dialogue and just pay attention to the cinematography to see what what that's telling me and what what feeling and what mood it's creating so they're part of me that like if I look back I, I would have probably if I had to go to film school if I did go to film school I probably would have done it in cinematography I'm not because the, <laughs> uh, yeah I would have done cinematography because I feel like the writing part not that it's easy because it's not but the cinematography is a technical part that I just wish I understood so much more now um but I'm able because I know what I want I'm, if I work with a good DOP then they can get what I'm trying so mum me for example like the DOP on that Simonia she was like I felt like we were so in sync that I could just let her be because she just knew what I wanted and at one point on, oh, I don't know, I'll, we can go into that afterwards. I can go through stories on Mummy set. Because it was like, <laughs> but I'll, I'll save that. <laughs> From our conversation last week, like I could tell you're very technical and you know what you want visually. And that's really good to hear because sometimes I've worked with some directors and whew, they don't know what they want or, you know, the, her, them and the DP are clashing and they're not in sync like that. And so it is really good to know a director who is, basically like a shooting director because that to me enhances the quality of the film you want to make that's my personal experience that's what I've seen like when you've got a shooting director they really know the ins and outs of cinematography and then that reflects better on screen that's how I've always seen it and that's really good to hear really good but you never know like you could just start doing some more cinematography stuff I know never too late I love it that's why that's why there's like when people say you're a writer director, I'm like, yeah, I, I, I'll be honest with you. I, the intention was never to be a writer because as much as I like storytelling, I write because I, I, I have to. There come a point where I'm just like, can I get a writer to write this concept? And then we make this film. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, yeah. I, I totally understand that because when I first started, decided to make my own content, I was like, okay, well, I can't get anybody. I don't know anyone. So I've got to write everything, produce it and stuff mm. like that. So now I'm 
figuring out what I'm sort of want to do you know do I want to produce so I just kind of focus on producing because that's easy yeah. and then everyone else is like you need to start writing again you start writing again it's like I haven't written anything in almost three years because I don't know if I enjoy it I wrote it so that I could make it and build up my portfolio I directed because I just had to do it I don't know if I have a passion for that so yeah. it's really about finding your passion but I think sometimes within this industry you know you're told you need to find out what you're supposed to do straight away or you're not it's going to halt your career or yeah. how far you go but it's like yeah, but it's never too late it's never too late I always use Ava DuVernay as an example she didn't start directing until her 30s so yeah, yeah it's sure. never too late so yeah you could do cinematography you never know it could be the first you're just saying it now and the next minute I know <laughs> <laughs> exactly so like when when you look back at your career what's like one of the hardest thing or biggest thing you've learned like to get to where you are now mm. biggest thing the that you can't actually please everybody which is it's, it's that's a character trait now in me in that like not that I need everyone to like what I do or like me but I, like when I was younger, I used to take criticism to heart. Like if you were criticizing some piece of my work, you might as well be cussing my mum. Like it was like, or you're cussing someone in my family and it would cut me and I had to learn. And I remember my mum used to always tell me, you can never take criticism. So I had to learn actually to separate criticism on a piece of work and it has nothing to do with you as a person and your character. So that's that's great in theory when you're thinking about you as an individual. So if, if you're, you know, you've done some homework at school and you, you get criticized, it's not about you. It's, it's, when you start creating work and you actually put your like blood, sweat and tears into a project that you love and then the world criticizes, it's not easy to deal with that. It's actually quite hard. Um, YouTube is is a lovely place but it can also be a horrid place because people have no filter when it comes to when they don't like something they won't just say they don't like something they will it's like they go for the jugular with the comments or like just in that in that in the internet space so and thankfully I haven't had anything really extreme but the idea of putting my work out for the world to almost judge me that's hard that's a hard Thing. And I've had to learn, actually, how to kind of overcome, so, uh, overcome that and actually separate criticism of my work versus criticism of me. They're two very different things I have to separate. Otherwise, I won't do anything again. Because what will happen is I'll be like, oh, everybody hates it. Oh, I'm not going to make anything anymore. <laughs> so <laughs> I have to keep the two separate. And that uh, had been a really big lesson I remember when I submitted cash point for film festivals and I got my first rejection that took that knocked me for six for at least a month oh they hate it oh the movie's crap oh I need to edit it again but actually no these guys just didn't like it someone else will like it that's really good to hear because I had the exact same thing when you put stuff on YouTube or you get feedback from some people and they criticize your work. And sometimes I think some people are overly critical unnecessarily. Um, 
instead of critiquing the content, you're criticizing something which I can't control. And so that's where the difference is. And then you always get the people who think they know so much about the industry giving you unsolicited advice. Yeah. And it's like, wait a minute, like you don't understand the blood, sweat and tears that went into this. I understand you're just watching it as the consumer, but you don't understand like, yo, I don't have 10,000 pounds to make this. I had to do this yeah. with the little budget I could come up with. So but I think that's a really good point because they will say people always say creatives are very sensitive and we are sensitive but it's our these projects are our children so you yes, the yes. project it's like insulting me if we get a rejection from a festival it's like you're rejecting me yes. it's just it just comes with it but it's just like when I speak to actors they always say they're just used to rejection you know it, it comes with the industry and then after a while you just kind of gain tough skin yeah. But now you can look back at Cashpoint and see, well, look, it got into all of those festivals. And correct me if I'm wrong, didn't it go on Black and Sexy TV? Yeah. So it and that's a it, huge yeah. platform. So, yeah. So yeah. it just it led to that good point. So yeah. within this industry, who do you look up to? Like, who's some of your inspirations? Like, writers, directors, or cinematographers? Cinematographers. Um, so, and then this is going to sound like a really obvious one. But it's because, and I can give the background. So I remember Issa Rae, before Issa Rae was this amazing, I mean, she's always been amazing, but before she was this like amazing, you know, making Insecure and doing these amazing things. I remember when she was, when it was just her YouTube series. And I remember when she had like, you know, her production company back then, before all of that. And I think I connected with her team. And at one point there was going to be like these, projects that was going to happen or I think there was something happening now we're in 2010-ish kind of time and everything went on a halt and I was like oh man I've missed my opportunity I missed the timeline only to later on find out it's because the series got picked up and that transitioned to her career and I remember when she came to London she did a talk in this really small like venue down in I think Old Street or Shoreditch somewhere and just chatting in this room and I just I look at her as someone, especially Issa, where it was like you started with web series, you developed your career, you were a, you are a, she is a regular person, but back then you literally was a regular person making stuff, and you've been able to kind of grow your career in this way. For me, that's an that's an amazing that's amazing to have watched. Um, even um. Like, I remember Justin Simeon as well, before when he mm-hmm. first did his concept trailer for um, Dear, White Pe- Dear White People. I remember be- like before it became a TV show and I found this thing and he was doing crowdfunding for the movie he wanted to make back then. Le- Lena Waif, I remember mm-hmm. 20s when she had made. So I watched those three in particular um and obviously yeah those two in particular and I just watch their careers and how they've grown and it just it makes things seem possible because everyone else that you've ever I, I, if I think about film there are they're film directors that they've been around for so long they've always been at the top so inspiration for me I don't really care if you're at the top of your game I really that's not inspiring that you're you know you're Hollywood level and you're doing amazing stuff because you're at this level and you've got the million 10 million pound budget that's not the inspiring I like journeys and I got to watch Issa's journey 
even obviously I don't know them personally, but I got we 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 got to watch if you know them, Issa's journey from the beginning, Justin's journey from the beginning, Lena's journey from the beginning to see what they've achieved. And it's just it's it's inspiring to to watch to have watched. And I, I'm very grateful that I knew of them before that I got to kind of go through that experience and journey. I agree. And I think when I look at their um journey, it kind of shows me how the industry in America is set up for people to win. And I think that helps the trajectory of your career completely different. Because in 2019, I've said this a couple of times now, but I keep saying it. In 2019, I did a lot of traveling to America and attended a lot of different film festivals over there and just saw the difference of how they move. Like the American dream is real, okay? And the black Hollywood industry is so real. And it's like everybody is really there to network and and really take their career to the next level. And you see that through the talks and conversations you have with people and then understanding how big the web series market over there is, is crazy. So crazy. Um, I met this guy called Dewey Gerard and he won, he won the American Black Film Festival in 2017, I think. And then his web series, what was it called? I can't remember. And then once he won it, he said that he had um, a, like a battle between HBO and BET to put his right. web series on their platform. He said he went with BET because they had the better deal. Then he came yeah. back again in 2019 with a completely different web series. He didn't win that time, but then Issa Race Production Company picked it up later on and it went on her YouTube channel. And then he got nominated for an Emmy because the Emmys have yeah. a whole category for web series. Yeah. The yeah. bastards over here don't have that. You know, yeah. there could be a yeah. lot more people who, like you and I, who've done web series and do online content, we could actually have a leg up in the industry in the UK if they actually looked at that market. And that's the difference. So to see Lena Waif and Justin and Issa go from YouTube and then to go straight to where they are now, where it's funny, all of the concept shows they did all ended up on TV at whatever yeah. time eventually. And that's what yeah. it is. So yeah. I don't know. I just think us as creatives we should just really start looking outside of the UK as well like it's great but I think start looking at those other markets because yeah. when I found out about Berlin Festival it's huge over there web series even in Brazil because mm-hmm. I spoke to you know Johnny Salmon like who yeah. did um Dreaming Whilst Black like he told me there's a massive award show in Brazil and he said like you would think it's funded by Netflix some of the content they're doing so yeah everywhere else is like steamrolling ahead and we're just like behind it's such a like that I I battle with that and it it bothers me because I'm all I'm so I'm all about like I said I'm all about people stories but I'm also about generational stories right and the impact that I'm always I always talk about like in my in my friendship groups and I want to be able to do something with this through my work but I always talk about the generation before and the, my grandparents' generation who came in the 60s from Jamaica but, and worked their butts off and did what they did to build a London that I'm able to, I'm reaping some serious rewards off their effort and off their struggle. And it annoys me <laughs> at the fact that we're still at a time where I have to leave this country to be successful when actually blood, sweat and tears from just even my family alone, my one family, and then you think about all the family, black families that are in this country. So much work has gone into it, but yet we still, it still must feel like we're still not, not accepted. It's like we get given justice, just 
uh, mainstream channel, BAFTA level validation, or is it about the work? And it had to make me check myself and go, well, I think I associate, at the time, I was associating making stuff with the TV channels because that was the only way we knew really to consume um, content. But actually, in hindsight, I was like, sorry, at the time, sorry, I had to kind of think, well, no, it's not just about that. I want to make something. I don't need validation and some big award ceremony to tell me it's good. If an audience likes my work, if even if 10 people like my work, that's fine. And I had to, that's, that's one, of, one of the best pieces of advice that I'd been given because it's, you have to question what are you chasing? Are you chasing? And that's not to say we don't want to be successful, right? We all want to be successful. But it's do you want to be successful at all costs and all you want is that success? Or is it that you are, are you, you're, you're about your craft, you're about your story, you're about, you're passionate about it, which in my belief system, some people might disagree. You, if you are passionate about something, you care about it that much there comes a point where it tips and it's like people then recognize your recognize your 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 creative contributions that's really good advice and i feel like that advice goes on to my next question what advice would you give someone else but i feel like that answer just kind of covered <laughs> but i think that's yeah. really good really good really good honestly so what's next for you what's next um so i'm playing around with this year in lockdown so shooting you obviously we can shoot but there's just a lot of covid measures that we have to put in place on set which i don't know if i'm ready for yet <laughs> i don't i don't think i'm ready to have to deal with that extra layer being on set stresses the hell out of me on a normal day so throwing covid in the mix i'm i'm not sure how i feel yet so i'm doing a working on a film remotely at the moment so let's see what that happens let's see what happens with that <laughs> <laughs> it's, a t it's not a test but it's actually let's try and make this film let's see what happens so that's it's all very different different approach different way of working but yeah that's my my next project and yeah I'm, I'm exploring I think I mentioned it just before I'm exploring stories around generations because a project I, I want to work on and this one I don't just want to do myself I think I might want to reach out to writers and see if there's a way to kind of develop it but something around this idea of, of generational stories um but yeah I don't know I, have, I haven't fleshed that out yet but yeah if anyone wants to work with me on anything that would be probably the project that I would love to collaborate with people on I don't know it's a new new thought but yeah so that's me at the moment and where can people find you on like social media or your past work like how to oh uh, so my socials my social handles on everything is get neat and my website is getneat.com www.getneat.com so i try to keep it simple that way i don't have different handles or different things for different things so yeah it's get neat on all handles great well thank you for coming on monique it was great i feel like we had a great conversation hope these guys listening were inspired so i feel like it was a really inspiring conversation and yeah, so thanks guys for listening. Follow me on social media at Kashif Booth or Kashif Booth Entertainment or the Kashif Booth Podcast. So many social media handles to remember. <laughs> but you always can find me easily. And yeah, stay tuned for new episodes coming soon.